Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The world of fine wine is known to be prohibitively expensive and generally reserved only for the super rich. However, in the early 2000s, a young man named Rudy Kurniawan mysteriously appeared on the wine auction circuit and immediately made a name for himself. Rudy became known for his impressive wine knowledge and for his almost unbelievable collection of fine wines valued at millions of dollars. Questions started surrounding him and his collection, and when various powerful investors discovered fraudulent wines in the cellars, all roads seemed to lead to Rudy. Was Rudy single-handedly to blame for this widespread conning of the world of wine? Betches Media presents Not Another True Crime Podcast. It's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. I always love a rich episode because it just makes me feel poor. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I know these people were spending millions on wine and I'm like, $15 is my budget. Oh, yeah. Well, I can, we can be in the Chateau of Diana. That's my region. <laughs> I love That's- Chateau Diana. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even wine. It's like wine product oh. that they sell at the grocery store. Hey, girl, that's high C. <laughs> you could bring, you could send your kid to school. Don't try it. But you could send them to school with Chateau Diana and I feel that it's legal. <laughs> Well, that explains why I like their Chardonnay, because it's just juice. <laughs> just juice. It got the juice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm your co-host, Sarah Levine. And I'm Danny Murphy. And this episode, we're quite literally your partners in wine, crime, and time. Oh, my God. Because they all overlap in this one. It's a, it's a wine crime. Yeah, I know. What if we only do wine-related crimes from now on? I'm, I'm sure... <laughs> There's a few. Yeah. I know. We'd run out after like three, but I'm sure there's like, we could be the experts on wine-based crimes. And this was one of the first ones. Oh, this was the first one. This was, he, this man is referred to as the wine scammer. So he kind of got that title (laughs) nice and fast. I feel like they could have gotten like a better, Mm. for the first wine scammer, like they could have called him something better than the wine scammer, you know? I know. Well, I do like, I mean, we'll get to it. Like his nickname could have worked better for it. Yeah, I know. So I'm just saying there, there's options there. But I guess everyone was too drunk or hungover to think of a catchy phrase for him. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. I watched this documentary called Sour Grapes, which you can watch for free on like IMDb somehow. Happy for them. Don't know what that entails. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know. But they said they at one of the last big auctions, everybody was just like wasted off of this expensive wine. <laughs> Which and I'm like, it's crazy because I'm like, yeah, God bless, but also I'm like, that is like, like two hundred dollars a sip. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. But then I'm also like, do you get less of a hangover if it's expensive wine? Now that's a theory. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I would. I would hope so. Probably not. But I know that's kind of what I think. I'm like, if so, it's not worth the investment. But I guess I could understand. That's like when the scribble is worth two million dollars because it was like. Made by this mean guy versus I'm like, I could just scribble on my wall and then be an artist. Oh, yeah, that. 
tape a banana to my own wall. How about that? Mm, amen to that. But that's why I never I never shade the artiste. I shade the buyer. Oh, yeah. Which is I kind mean, of my MO on this one a little bit, too. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like they're even like, look, there's really no way. First of all, I don't even know how these people knew that their wine was fake. Well, we'll get into it. But, like, I don't think that you're going to know by tasting the wine. No. Everything's a facade. Right. Unless this guy was putting barefoot in these, like, vintage <laughs> bottles, right? Um, but other than that, like, I just... I, I don't see how you would know. No, it's like it's like nobody's gonna know. They're gonna know. Nobody's gonna know. But the TikTok <laughs> sound ends. They're not gonna know yes. for a while, and they won't know. Yeah, for a while until you get really sloppy, which I'm excited to talk about. Here's that a sloppy part drunk. As well. Yeah, all right. A sloppy drunk and a sloppy wine uh, counterfeiter. counterfeiter. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna talk about our lovely wine counterfeiter. His name is Rudy Kurniawan. He was born in Indonesia and is of Chinese descent. And honestly, I don't know very much about his early life. Like, I don't think anyone does. I think that's also kind of the mystique. Very much so. Yeah. Um, what we do know is that he came to the U.S. in the 1990s on a student visa. And then that expired. Um, he tried to get political asylum in 2003, but was denied. So he decided to stay here anyway, illegally, because if he left the country, he like wouldn't be able to come back, mm. essentially. So he was like, I'm staying here. You know, we all go on vacation and we're like, I live here now. You're like, this gives me my new personality. Times a million. Literally a vacation of going away being like, I think I'm just going to work in wine in France, except in America. Ugh, I wish. I wish so much. Truly. And people in this documentary kind of just described him as a geeky, skinny guy, which, I don't know, was also hilarious to me because like nobody, nobody on the rich people wine circuit is like, a fucking supermodel out there. No, exactly. You don't got George. Cl George Clooney's doing tequila. He's not with the wine. And also, I looked up like pictures of him. It's like he, look, he had glasses. <laughs> I yeah. I'm like he just looks like a normal guy. He like, was skinny, which I'm like that's a yeah. Yeah, sure. Like I don't know. I don't think he looked geeky, but uh, who knows what that is about? That's some jealousy. But one of yeah, jealousy. Yeah, one of his friends who was in that documentary described him as having a short attention span. Which is real. Same. Happen that happens after some wine. Yes, true. So when this was all going down, he was living with his mom in Arcadia, California. And he has an older brother who we'll talk about in a second. As you guys know, this is not really a spoiler. This guy is a scammer. So that means we're working with multiple aliases. Ooh. So his legal name is Rudy Kernuwan, but he operated under a couple of different names. One of them was... Lenwadi Tan or Lenny Tan, which incidentally is his mom's name. Get the mom involved. I mean, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, this is why this documentary kind of posited that this was a family affair. Mm -hmm. um, and here's another like weird fact is that Rudy's name is actually the same name that a famous Indonesian badminton player has. And so is his brother's Dar Saputra. That is also the name of a famous Indonesian badminton player. I guess their mom is a fan of Batman. That or they took their names because they were like, that's nobody true. in America is going to know famous Indonesian badminton players. Well, and that's they were kind of right. It almost reminds me of the Saudi prince one. Where it's like no one's going to know the oh my royalty God. over there. Yeah. like These people aren't going to Google. I was thinking about him the other day. Oh, I miss that guy. God bless. <laughs> Hope he's doing well. <laughs> um, so... We don't really know, like, what his family does. Like, 
they the wine people kind of thought that they operated a big Heineken distributorship in Indonesia. Um, I don't know. It was it was really kind of like sketchy. Like nobody really knew his backstory. They just knew that he had money, so they like didn't really ask questions. I feel that is the hack for most scammers. It's like people just people oh, yeah. are more inclined to listen to money than any detail. Like if someone whips out five hundred, you're not gonna be like. Where'd you get that from and where are you from? You're just going to be like, I'm on their tab. <laughs> and that's just that. Oh, 100%. Oh, he's paying. <laughs> yeah, but like apparently the man knew his wines. Like he could taste like any wine and, and almost correctly correctly identify like almost what every wine was. So he had the chops. Hey, you know, shout out. Right. Where I'd be like Michael Scott being like, this is a white. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, he got into the wine auctioning scene, which, what a scene to get into. Ugh, goals. Yeah, and he got super into, at first, Pinot Noirs and then Burgundies. Like, he just wanted to start buying up really nice ones. I feel um, that is kind of on par. I feel we all have the friend who, like, gets into, like, a specific type of wine, and then, like, that's sort of their personality. Where they're like, oh, agree. Is, it not, is it not a Sauvignon Blanc? I can't drink. I cannot drink it. And you're like, okay. I mean, that's literally me, so. <laughs> I mean, I but also, it is me too. But, I, I, but I'm like, I don't care how much it costs. Oh. I just, I don't like red wine because I am a baby. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he loved his burgundies, and he especially loved this one called Domaine de la Romanée Conti, and was later called Dr. Conti for it. So that's kind of funny. That is a, um, that is a Which uh, should have been his real thing, Dr. Conti. Conti, I love that. It's like perfect. It. Yeah. <laughs> so we kind of he uh, he entered the scene. He started quickly making a name for himself. He would just like spend all this money and and all this stuff. Um, he was just like wheeling and dealing, like throwing down cash, as you mentioned. And it gave me Anna Delvey vibes in the sense that like nobody knew where the money came from, but nobody questioned it. No one questioned, it. no one knew like how do you? Because like only the only person I've seen successfully ask where do you get your money from is Garcelle Bouveau on Real Housewives of the Hills to Sutton. <laughs> and even when she asked, she didn't get the answer. <laughs> So it's a very hard question to even ask if you have that in the back of your mind. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think people, it was kind of rumored. I don't know if Rudy started the rumors, but it was like rumored that he was a son of this wealthy family and he was getting lots of money from the family. And and everybody just kind of like was like, all right, we'll we'll go with that. We'll choose to believe that. You're like, okay. Yeah. And the crazy thing is um, he's believed to have almost single-handedly changed the wine auctioning scene. So like, he would go in and spend absurd amounts of money buying a specific category of wine like Burgundy from whatever year. And then once he had gotten almost all of it and driven up the price because he purchased it himself, he would then start selling it back to people. So he was just like a freaking market manipulator. I love the snaps. It's I You have to give snaps. And also, it is kind of funny. We can talk about this later. But I remember in one of the articles where I was like, they made mention of this. I was like, it's so true. It's like when people buy wine for restaurant and then like a glass of wine is basically like the price of the, the price bottle. of the bottle i'm like wait are we always yes. getting scammed by wine <laughs> like you know yes. what i mean yeah I, I remember when my i were i was working at like a bar slash music venue and like the gm of the bar told me that about the wine and i was like oh cool because <laughs> i love me some matua sauvignon blanc and it's like 11 to get at the store but a glass of it is 13 and i'm like uh uh-huh. seriously make yeah. it make sense 
I know. I love when I feel classy, like, ooh, my glass of wine is $14. And then I'm like, <laughs> all right. I'm like, oh, but I just played myself. I did. Like, all I need is just like a, I don't know, distributor license or whatever, you oh, know. Right. And buy my wine in bulk. That's how you start scamming. That's like, how I, I just start scamming restaurants by being like, no, thanks. I brought my own. <laughs> you scam restaurants by using your kitchen to cook the final one. Right? Impossible. <laughs> impossible. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> the thing is that like while it does kind of just seem like, you know, a good auction strategy, just front of the mill market manipulation, that would be all well and good, I guess. I don't really know how it works, except that he also made literal millions of dollars by just like scamming wine snobs out of their money, which, again, we begrudgingly respect. That's the issue because it does remind me of the Art Heist documentary where I'm just kind of like, this is bad, but it's like, I, okay, it's Robin Hood energy, but illegal. Yes. Yeah. No, it seriously is. So, and even, even better, honestly. So Rudy really found is. himself a, a part of this tasting group that was named the Angry Men. <laughs> <laughs> Probably for what happens when they have too much wine in them. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but so they were a, a group of this, these like mostly uh, white old guys who, would open these absurdly pricey bottles of wine and drink them, which, whatever, I'm not going to hate on them for it. Like, you know, what else are you going to do with that? Yes, yeah. I suppose let it appreciate in value. But, hey, man, you bought it. It's yours to drink. You know, amen, shout out. What's the car going to do on the lot? What's the car going to do in the driveway without being driven? Exactly. They meet eight times a year. And I don't know that I believe this fact, but apparently they drink hundreds of thousands of Bottles of wine at every sitting? Oh, I no, believe No, hundreds that of fact. thousands of dollars yes. oh, yeah. of wine. <laughs> oh, I-, I was like, what? Okay, no, that would be, I was like, these guys would be dead or they're literally like the Illuminati and there's like millions of them. They would, or they'd be that like that super giant guy who could eat, like drink so much beer and never, I forget his name, but he was like a little Ooh. giant whose like beer cans were like the size of like his like pinky thumb. Andre the Giant. Wait, what? What we, we talk- I know about him, but I didn't know about his beer drinking. Yeah. What's I, the deal? He like could just drink so much like like so much beer and not get drunk. <laughs> they, it wasn't so like funny. the BMI or whatever. Yeah, it wasn't the wasn't the famous effect. That is so funny. That's a bonus <laughs> fact for all the new Apple Podcast listeners after we got our yes. shout out. <laughs> that was uh probably Jorge's first question on a trivia. Too late. <laughs> But yeah, so they would just drink like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth in wine every time they would meet eight times a year. You guys do the math. And these men, I mean, it doesn't get much more like rich old white men than this because here was they would take they would take notes. Um, here were some of the tasting notes that came from that group. In the first corner, we have the layers of spice, vanilla, forest, and mint were mind-boggling and the concentration and texture seemed infinitely long with rich acids lingering like call girls at casinos. <sighs> I mean, hey, I think I'm going to steal this if I launch my own wine oh, label. Because in a sense, I was like, I kind of <laughs> want to taste it. <laughs> mint, I don't know how I feel about like mint in a wine though. Mm, I feel like it's kind of because it's like a sharpness to it. Hmm. I mean, right. I say that like I can taste a single note in, in wine. Like I remember going to this wine tasting one time and and they were like, come on, don't be shy. What do you taste? And I'm like, crickets. And some guy <laughs> I goes, hope you didn't taste actual crickets. <laughs> no. <laughs> and some guy is like, 
I think I'm I'm picking up some black pepper. And I'm like, sure, yeah, that, totally. There are times, though, like when I feel like they're like, oh, my God, say whatever. And I'll say something. They're like, that's not what you taste. And I'm like, okay, but Ooh. it is. So here we are. Oh, you can't say there are no wrong answers when there are wrong answers. When there are wrong answers. That's not nice. Okay, here's another one. <laughs> the wine had a positive, soul-warming, soup-like quality that carried over to the plate. What? It got a Korean barbecue edge and sweatier in the glass. What? A good sweaty, like, sex, 94 points. Okay, so guys, the rest of this podcast is going to be dissecting this bizarre <laughs> note. <laughs> like, it's a, like, I'm like a Soup-like? sweaty. <laughs> that makes me repulsed. Yeah, I don't. Okay, like, I don't understand. Chunky? Yeah, why? why is it soup-like? I guess any liquid could be soup-like. And why are you fucking Korean barbecue? Like that, I just have a lot of Ew. questions. Like, yeah, and why is it being carried over onto a plate? I don't understand ooh. that detail. Well, I would say that probably means it complements the food. Oh, but, good job. So I can dissect See? that. Look at you that. You learn things at wine tastings. Yeah. I was like, are they spilling it? I don't understand. But it loses me at the good sweaty, like good sex, where I'm like, at, I'm and Korean more. barbecue edge. I don't know what that means either. I don't know what that means at all. At all. I'm like, I like Korean barbecue. I don't know what. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had a wine that reminds me of Korean barbecue. Mm -hmm. No, can't say I have. And, you know, but 94 points, 94 points. Yeah, 94 points. Okay, good to, go. good to know. Um, so basically how Rudy would scam these people, the angry, was it the angry men? <laughs> the angry men. Uh, the angry men who then became angry because they got scammed. Um, but he would... Essentially take less expensive wine and put more expensive labels on the wine and then take them to auction and sell them for a huge markup. Here's my thing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like if the labels, he's like, this is what it's selling. It's like if you think of it at a literal level, he's like, this is this wine with this thing on You know what I mean? I, 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 you kind of get where. Like, I don't get what you mean at all, but I really do appreciate you trying to like go to bat for Rudy. I know. Rudy, Rudy, if you have any money left, give it to me. I'm helping you. Right. I mean, it is straight fraud, but like <laughs> I do. I, okay. Here's the thing. I would respect the operation more if it was less of a mess. And we'll get into that shortly. That's some truth. But he did this mostly on his beloved Burgundy wines and also some Napa wines. Um, and he was kind of running this operation out of the home in Arcadia. And I'm like, what does his mom think about this? Mm. But he made a fuck. I mean, in case anybody needs a, a new career change um, <laughs> for legal reasons, I can't officially endorse this. But I will just tell you that he made a fuck ton of money doing this. If you're rich listening and you're like, fuck, there's no good auctions <laughs> happening. If you want to pay off my student loans, oh, I'll please. auction them off to you. I'm like, Oh, I my God. I'll give you a bargain. I'll like, just you could pay less than the listing price on yeah. those babies. Oh, yeah. And I'll put in a bottle of wine. I'll throw in a bottle of wine. My treat to you. Right? And you're, like, investing in my career, so, I mean. Okay. Not... Any Rudy's out there? <laughs> right? And also, it seems like a pretty good gig for him. So, could keep this going for a while, but of course. It was, like, years that he was yeah, doing years. this. Yeah, So, he was getting away from it because, except if you're in the angry men group, and also that was just for their special occasions. <laughs> People buy, it's sort of like um, buying vintage where you don't really, typically don't wear it out. So, like. With this very fancy and expensive wine, you're not, you don't really drink it. It's more so for like display or if you have a huge cellar just to be like, oh, I have this wine. And even if you did, 
y'all in a small circle of people who own this or like can still have this wine. So you don't really know what it's supposed to taste like. <laughs> Cause it's not like a wine that's right. like mass produced that, or it shouldn't be a wine that's like mass produced that like you've had at a restaurant, or you've had at a party before. Exactly. Like you're not drinking it every day. You're not yeah. going to know. And even if they like, someone was like, I feel it almost is like kind of like ego or pride. If they're like, this doesn't taste like the wine that it's supposed to it almost makes you look bad. It also looks rude and raises oh, yeah, suspicions. Super rude. Yeah. So you just kind of, it's like, it's very gauche, I would say, to do that. Gauche, using the gauche. Ooh, word. Good, word. good word. Oh, yeah. One thing I was going to say about all the, the money spending on this wine was that I know in the documentary they were like, well, think of this wine as like art. It's art for us, it's drinkable art. And I'm like, I don't know, just like get some real art that you can actually hang on your wall. Get a dig And off. not just like stow in a basement. Because that's what I don't get. I'm like, because also I'm like, I guess art can break. But I'm like, this is a bottle of wine that either will fall, get drank, or yeah. just get dusty in a corner in your basement. Versus yeah, like and then like turn to you... vinegar because you forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Versus like art that you display <laughs> prominently. Right? I do need to buy more art, but not art that's very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so he had a good thing going for him. But of course, like the last glass of wine in a bottle, it comes to an end. <laughs> he just had, he had one too many. must do that. Yep. Yeah. He had one too many, probably glasses of wine and also lies. White wine lies. Ooh, that would be a good, I mean, I guess he mainly sold red. But. That's like my, my Hulu miniseries starring Nicole Kidman. <laughs> <laughs> what accent? And you tune in every week. She does a different accent. Oh, yes. That's what I would absolutely do. Mm-hmm. And they're all terrible. Oh, yeah. But you're just too drunk on white wine to notice. That yeah. actually could be a show. Uh, so he tried to pass this <laughs> bottle of wine from Plot Saint-Denis from Domaine Ponceau as a vintage from 1945 to 1971. So we're talking vintage. No shade if you were born in those years. God bless you. I know. I guess I'm like, dang, the bar for vintage wines is kind of low. Soon we're going to be vintage. Uh, <laughs> we probably already are. Yeah, we, probably, we probably are. That's what I'm saying because I'm like, it's the early 2000s and you're talking about wine in the 70s. Like <laughs> That's true. This hurts. <laughs> God, it's going to be like, soon it's going to be like Tang is vintage. <laughs> but the head of the wine house, Laurent Ponson, who I love that name, Laurent, Laurent Ponson, knew <laughs> that his family only started making wine at that specific vineyard in 1982. Whoops. Whoops. You didn't Google Maps that? You didn't map quest that back in 2004 well enough. <laughs> yeah, this is what I'm saying. So then, so that already is one red red wine, red flag. Then you have this other one. <laughs> Wait, that should be a game that we play. Ooh, red wine, red flag. And it's just you drink okay. red wine and ignore all the red flags. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like how I date. <laughs> so, but also at the same time, Bill Koch found fake wine in his collection. So in this documentary. And I don't know how he really determined that it was fake, honestly. I also did not know either, but he, he determined it. And also, but the thing is, you sometimes you have to say it. And then the wheels start turning. True. He took a leap of he took a leap of faith. So in the documentary Sour Grapes, he shows off five bottles of wine that he bought from Rudy's lot that he found to be fake. Here's the price tag of each of them, or the price tag of these bottles: a hundred k. Yeah. Ooh, that's gotta hurt. That is five hundred grand. <laughs> on, on You're right. Wine. That took me a second. I was like, oh yeah. That is just like oh my god. So in t- but here's the thing. I'm like, it's still real wine. Like you can still. Oh, now you're trying to. Okay. You're right. You're you're hearing me, but no, you know what I mean. Well, I guess it's more of like the 
the concept of fake wine. I'm like, you're getting something. You're getting wine. But but I get it. It's like if I were to go buy like a Gucci bag and then I got it and it was like a Fucci bag, I would not be happy that it's still a bag. Well, you know? can like, I say, <laughs> is the label on the outside the same? Yeah, that's why I'm getting it for appearance. So I'm not getting it to like improve my life. So. All right. That's true. It was a perfect illusion, Lady Gaga. <laughs> I hope Lady Gaga didn't buy a bottle of wine. Speaking well, of she, Gucci. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. The house of Gucci. Oh, God. Gaga, <laughs> why are you in that? So, um, in total, he found 400 bottles of wine in his collection that were proven to be fake. That totaled over $4 million. Woof. Okay, this one, this annoys me because I can't even, I, like, switch my bed frame around and I don't even have room to store my box spring in my apartment. <laughs> and this motherfucker has room for over 400 bottles of wine. Like, you have to presume that 400 is not the whole collection. Oh, so mm-hmm. I feel- I'm just annoyed. This is making me like a communist. Just oh. kidding. But I'm like, give me some of your space. I don't want to pay fucking $90 a month on Make Space to store a box spring. A hundred percent. Well, because you know he has an entire basement that's a wine cellar, and he's giving me divorced vibes where his kids probably don't live with him, so both of their bedrooms are turned into a wine <laughs> wine holder. Oh my god! Pay for my loans and like let me use your space. Still, yeah. Can I have a box spring and two hundred? I'm very subtle. <laughs> you I won't, won't even, bother you. You won't even notice it. Um. So, um, not surprisingly, Bill was peeved. Bill was pissed. So he hired a PI and filed a lawsuit. Oh my god! The, I, I hope the PI was like called the Pinot Investigator. Ooh, Ooh. I hope so too. We'll make him a shirt or her a shirt, uh. whatever they are. <laughs> uh, in 2008, 22 lots of Doma Ponceau were pulled from an auction where they were valued at more than 600k. What? And apparently, in the auction world, this is a very dramatic affair. You know how? Oh yeah, I everybody feel- was already drunk on the wines. By yeah. the way, they were already drunk on the expensive wine. And um, so, right, the winemaker himself showed up, kind of like a Lifetime movie. Yes, and right Laurent. as they were going to auction them, he stood up and yelled, "Withdraw my wines!" Like full on. Ooh, I would pay to see that. Oh my god, same. The Not collective. a lot, but I'd pay it. Yeah, <gasps> sacre bleu. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so, oh, basically, our boy was trying to pass these bottles off as wine that was made in 1929, even though the estate didn't. Start bottling wines until 1934. Come on, man. Simple math. Simple, simple math. So the winemaker then tried to befriend Rudy and get as much info, get some tea from his as he could about these fake wines. He didn't get much. No. I feel like. Long was was not. He's not the pedo investigator. (laughs) No. (laughs) It was really like Anna Delvey vibes. Like. When she made up a fake assistant to like book the travel or send the wire or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. Like he kind of did that too. He sent these people on a wild goose chase in fucking Indonesia to like track down wine sellers who didn't exist. And you're just kind of like, okay, but your boy's right here. So like, what are you even trying to do? (laughs) (laughs) So Rudy on top of this also tried to sell more bottles of the 1947 Chateau Lafleur bottle than actually existed. Oh, Rudy. Hard marketing. I mean, uh, inventory. <laughs> Maybe Rudy's the cause for the supply chain issues we're having as a society now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all backed up with this one guy who uh, doesn't know how to fact check. Everything's coming up, Rudy. <laughs> the other, of course, iconic issue, the labels were fucked up. Come on, man. Mistakes on the seals. The spelling was off. The design was not like concurrent. All these... Flaws that would not be on the originals. 
this is like annoying because I'm like, well, I don't know why I want him to get away with this like whole ruse no, longer mean, than though. he did. But I'm kind of like, this is lazy. You could have, I feel like if you had done some simple fact checking, like this would have been a lot harder to prove and he could have gotten away with it for a lot longer. Oh, he could have, he would still be around here. Yeah. These are just lazy mistakes. Yeah. Come on, dude. My favorite, so his thing was he was saying that he was just kind of sprucing up the wines, <laughs> you know, giving them a little sure. makeover. But in reality, <laughs> what he was doing was buying tons and tons of tons of wax, collecting empty bottles from restaurants, had the printer, had his own little uh, printing press. He basically he had his did. Own, he had a high school newspaper in his basement. <laughs> <laughs> this this oh, sweet man. thing, though, Rudy just claimed that he wanted to hold on to memories. No yeah, money. like, and that's why he was taking the empty bottles no, from the no, restaurants. No money, yeah. <laughs> so finally, finally, the FBI got involved, and the detectives looked into these record-breaking auctions and were like, hmm, this is a little shady. <laughs> you think? A little shady. You think. So in March 2012, the FBI raided Rudy's home, and they found this full counterfeiting workshop. He had corking tools, labels, empty bottles, the works. And yeah, the whole nine yards. Basically, what he was doing was either taking cheaper wines and putting them in more expensive bottles, or he was altering the labels to make the wines appear more expensive than they were. And Mm. yeah, I mean, it's estimated that he sold as many as 12,000 fake bottles of wine. That is insane. Yeah, which is pretty, pretty crazy. Um, He... So he was convicted of mail and wire fraud in 2013 and spent seven years in prison. And he actually had pleaded not guilty to those charges, but that didn't work. And he was actually sentenced to 10 years in prison, which was like a sentence that even the prosecutors were like, damn, we're kind of surprised about that. That is a, yeah. It is a lot. And it's also because he was the first person to ever be convicted of selling fake wine in the U.S. Okay, so... A visionary. I was going to say, a pioneer. A pioneer. There always has to be the first. There's the first man on the moon and the first Rudy. <laughs> yes. A penal pioneer. Ooh. Yeah, pee-pee. <laughs> I love it. Um, but here's the thing, because... So he served his time. I'll get into that in a sec. But he... So he was convicted of mail and wire fraud. But the investigators in the documentary kind of think that the wine scheme was a family affair. And he wasn't acting alone. Part of those reasons are that in just 2007, Rudy wired $17 million of his earnings from the wine sales to his brothers in Hong Kong and Indonesia. Okay. And also his mom, this is a weird a weird connection in the documentary, but his mom's brothers may have been involved in what they call the docu- in the documentary, they call it the largest bank heist in the history of Jakarta, but... To me, it actually seems more like a like embezzlement than a heist. Like they weren't rolling up with ski masks on. Like, like that's one a heist of her. To me. Yeah, that's a heist. Yeah, to me, this is like embezzlement because like one of her brothers, Eddie, um, who's now a fugitive in China because he escaped from prison, he mispro- misappropriated like millions and millions in bank funds, and then the other brothers stole six hundred seventy million dollars from the bank he, I guess, owned. And then fled to Australia. Same space. So, I don't know. Maybe it's family business. I get It sounds... And also because it seems like our boy, from the fuck-ups that he did, Not he. I think he I, He seems like someone who needed a few hands on deck to help out. 
this off. Yeah, I mean, somebody <laughs> was keeping him afloat. I mean, yeah. startup costs. I mean, oh God, yeah. He had some money, like he, like before he started doing this wine. You have to you have to have some money to like roll in this kind of sphere, and nobody knows where that came from. That's right. So who knows? So he also was ordered to pay twenty eight point four million dollars in restitution to seven victims, which. Seven? That's it? That's right. like $4 million a victim. That really good. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people. And also, I'm like, so they get their money back from buying... Exp- you know they just bought other rich wine with this money. Right. Yeah. Crazy. I know. I have a hard time feeling bad for these people. That's exact Exactly. Can't they give the money to, like, vineyards to, like, help them? I don't know. That, I know that probably wouldn't make sense, but you know what I mean? Just, like, at yeah. least, like, so, like, people who work can get this money. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like they could do something better with it. But he also had to forfeit $20 million in property. Um, yeah, I feel like I also forgot to say that he was driving, like, expensive cars, you know, as you do when you're trying to impress rich people. Keep appearances. The Joneses. Yeah. So in November 2020, he was released from prison. And in March of this year, he was deported to Jakarta because he had that felony charge and was convicted. And Well. Yeah. There is that. <laughs> and that's all she wrote. I mean, again, I, I do respect the hustle. You know? Um, I wish he – just like – it's hard to root for someone when you're like, you're making basic mistakes, man. That's, I feel like, the end game where I'm like, at least like, you know, Anna kept the people going for a while, but she had some stupid mistakes. All these scammers, but the rich people – rich people, I guess, are easy to scam. You just got to keep up the bare minimum, and that's what they fail to do. Ugh, Anna. Yeah. I feel like she didn't even make stupid mistakes. She just like, she was just operating on borrowed time. There's mm. only so long you can keep like doing a check kiting scheme before the banks shut you out. That's true. So, I mean, not that I think her thing was like better, but you know. You know, she and she was just like, she was just less involved. Less involved. Oh, less, less That's involved. True. Are you excited to get involved in this game? Yeah, I hope we can learn about wine. Ooh. All right. God bless Rudy for scamming the the people who maybe had it coming. You know. To be quite fair. Not a Theranos. Not a Theranos. Not a Theranos. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, who's really getting hurt? People we ultimately can't feel that bad for. People who um, should be paying more taxes. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. It's not like anybody sunk their life savings into oh. this wine. It's kind of like, there's more right. where that came from. Yeah. In the documentary, they almost describe, they do describe them as being people that had kind of like fuck you money, you know? Oh, yep. yep. I mean, if you're in a group called the Angry Men, like. Right. Yep. Well, today, for today's game, we are diving into the world of wine, as you accurately Ooh, predicted. Yes. Who could have guessed it? And this game is going to be called My Way or The Sideways. Oh. This is how it's going to work. I'm going to ask you a positively obscure question about wine, and you will have two options. You can either try to answer it, or you can go sideways. If you go sideways, you're going to get a different question but this question is going to be about pop culture and wine in some way. So it can be about the movie Sideways, which, of course, is the most iconic Yikes. movie about wine. 
So I know, Sarah, you haven't seen it. But there's also questions about songs, celebrities, TV shows, celebrity wines, all that kind of stuff. What is the connection to this and Sideways? Because it's a movie about wine. Wine. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I've never seen it. So if anyone hasn't seen it, Sideways is a movie with Paul Giamatti uh, that is all about wine. And it's a fantastic movie. It was nominated for an Academy Award. Ooh. It is he's, super funny and worth a watch. He's like high key or right. like low key one of the best actors. Completely agree. Yeah, he could <laughs> not agree more. Loved him in Big Fat Liar. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> Iconic. <laughs> Iconic. I just rewatched Holes, so I'm like, all right, I gotta relive my childhood movies, and that shit still slaps. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, digging up up holes. Thank digging. you. <laughs> <laughs> I even read that book. When I was a kid. It was so good. Because wow. I liked the movie so much. I was like, okay, now I need to read the book. Yeah. <laughs> on the buff buff. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Danny, you are up first. And your first question is, what two grapes make up most wines of Bordeaux? Now, that is your question. It's two wine varieties. And I'll remind you, you can either try to answer this or... You can go sideways. Would that be a Cabernet or Merlot? That is correct, Danny. Oh wow. Wow. Good job. Danny, on the board with style. I got my regions sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sarah, it is back to you after Danny aced that one out of the park. How many liters does the biggest kind of wine bottle hold? So for context, a regular wine bottle holds 0.75 liters mm-hmm. of wine. I'm not, not going to get this, so I'm going to go sideways. Ooh. Going sideways. All right, here we go. Our first sideways questions. By the way, the correct answer to that was 15 liters. I would have said 10, so I would have uh, gotten it wrong. Which <laughs> is equivalent to about 20 regular bottles of wine. How do you it even is, pick that up? But like, how are you going to drink that? Like, You can't open it. <laughs> That's what I wonder. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's how I die. Because I buy one of those wines. That's gonna be that's gonna be my bomb shelter. They're like, you don't have any canned food. I'm like, yeah, honey, I'm not surviving this shit. Yeah, no. I'm just gonna go out with the, the bottles bank. are called Nebuchadnezzar. I don't even know how to pronounce that, but I think it has some sort of biblical like illusion. It sounds a like a name bottle. I heard. Oh my god. All right, Sarah, your sideways question is according to an infamous people eater. What wine is a perfect pairing with human liver? I'm like, who was this? Was it Army Hammer? (laughs) Okay, liver, human liver. I'm going to go with, I'm like, how many types of red wine are there? I know, like three. I don't know. I'm going to just go with a nice burgundy. That is incorrect, Sarah. Danny, do you know this? Uh, Is it um, Pinot Noir? That is incorrect as well. This is from Hannibal. Hannibal. Hannibal Lecter. Oh. I was assuming it had to be red wine for filming because it was. It is red wine. Um, He eats his, uh, a census taker that comes to his house. And he says that his, the perfect pairing is some fava beans and a nice glass of Chianti. Ooh. Oh. Good one. Wait, but fava beans are just beans. I think that's like him lying. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Danny, we are back to you. How many states 
in the United States have wineries. Hmm. Oh. Some places get away with calling something a winery that's not really a winery. So this is what's truly. I would yes, you are correct. Some of these places don't even grow their own grapes. They just import grape uh, juice and then What the hell? How does that count? Okay. It, so yeah. Why do I want I want to be like 43? That is incorrect, Danny. Okay. The correct answer is 50. Oh shit. Oh. Okay. Literally every right. single state. Has wineries in it, including Hawaii. There's Hawaiian wine. Alaska. They're one of those states that imports. Got some ice wine? They don't even do, well, they might do ice wine, but they also just import regular wine, like wine grape juice imported, grown in other regions, and then ferment it and make their own wine. What is our definition of like winery? Because that's why I was like, I was like, Alaska can't even front with that because what the fuck is growing? Like, no. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Like, no. Even New York is like iffy. Oh my god! How city, whatever is like. Oh my god, we. There are I'm great like wines grown in Niagara. Grapes. Like you can grow. Yeah. yeah. So you can grow. I think there are wineries and vineyards in upstate New York near Buffalo oh. and stuff. You can actually. There are like out there. on Long Island too. Oh but I'm yeah. Just like, what do you do? Like, you know, two thirds of the year. When no, it's but freezing. If, no, because I would. If anyone likes sparkling prosecco, to say winery. Uh, it's like near Socrates, New York. It's one of my favorites. Just saying. Show Let's go. I'm Let's there. She's a party. The girl who owns it. The woman who owns it. <laughs> Ooh. I love that. All right, Sarah. We are back to you. Which country in the world has the largest area of vineyards? Hmm. What's the biggest country? I mean, I want to say France, but France is not that big. Um, if you're unsure, you can oh, always go sideways. Well, then the too. United States. Final answer? Yeah. That is incorrect, Sarah. Fucking. The God, correct answer is Spain. I knew that. You I would not have that. that. I didn't because I always thought it was France. France, And then until recently, I learned that it was Spain. Yeah. Boo. They have 1.1 million hectares of vineyards in Spain. They grow a lot, a lot of wine in Spain. They love okay. that thing. They got good wine, too. Damn, we have them. every state has their own vineyard, and we still don't have the most. <laughs> Boo! Yeah, yeah. Because well, they—it's like the size of. Because that's how shitty some vineyards in some states are. Where it's like one, right? it's like a building, and I'm like, "What is here?" I'm like, "You're growing mold." <laughs> there we go. Which could be wine. All right, Danny. Back to you. Wines such as sherry or port are made by adding extra alcohol at different stages of the production process. What is this type of wine called? Is, I don't, is it too big? I know it's a dessert wine, but is that like not? Is that your final answer? Well, I know that's what it is on the menu. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that, yeah. You can go sideways if you want. Oh, I forgot gonna, about that option. You're going to stick with dessert or? I am. That is incorrect, Danny. Oh, I didn't know if you were full, like. Is it a like, cognac? Reverse psychology me. No, it is called fortified wine. Oh. So it's sherry, port, vermouth, I do like sweet vermouth. vermouth. So those start off as wine and then are huh. there. there's alcohol added either at the beginning or after uh, fermentation or after aging. And then that turns them into like fortified wines. So they have yeah. typically I did higher. not know vermouth was a wine. I got to start yeah. drinking that shit. Yeah. Uh, Put it in your martinis. It's perfect. I, say, I, would, yeah. I don't know if I would drink it straight up, but... <laughs> I mean, if you like it, go for it. I might. I also, I hate sherry so much. 
I never had it. It's it's a little yeah, it's a little weird. Uh, hmm. In the movie Groundhog Day, this is a fun fact. Bill Murray's character drinks a glass of sweet vermouth with a twist every single day. What's the twist? The oh, like lemon? Which sounds, like a lemon twist? Yeah, which sounds really gross. Gross. <laughs> That's gross. All right, Sarah, we are back to you. Okay. The vast majority of grapes used in winemaking are from what species? I have a couple of uh, multiple choices for you here. Ooh. Few, okay. Vitis labrusca. Oh, Vitis rotundifolia or Vitis vinifera. Can I go sideways? You can go sideways. We're going sideways. Here right. we go. The correct answer. I don't answer, remember. I don't know. Anything I never else. took Latin. This is not for me. The correct answer, by the way, was Vitis vinifera. That does sound the most wine esque, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's almost like 95% of all wine comes from this wow. type of grape. All right, so going sideways, here we go. What wine varietal does Lizzo mention in her hit song, Juice? Hmm. Seeing it in my head. Huh. It's towards the beginning. Fuck, I'm just going to go with Moscato because it's the most similar to Juice. That is incorrect, Sarah. The correct answer is Chardonnay. Oh man. She says, What's I'm a line? Charged and naked better over time. So you know. Oh, I yeah. would have never thought of that. I, yeah. never, I mean, also, I'm looking at Lizzo sideways for liking Chardonnay because it's not my favorite. It's not my <laughs> favorite. Even though she can probably afford a good Chardonnay, but I'm just saying. <laughs> that is the big uh, difference, isn't it? <laughs> These, <But> she's like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe the $5 Chardonnay we're buying doesn't really <laughs> accurately depict what Chardonnay is. The fault really is us? Is. What are I'm you sure, saying? I'm sure it could hit difference. <laughs> are we the problem? <laughs> All right, Danny. This is your question. What is the naturally occurring substance found in red wine that can give it a sometimes bitter, dry, or astringent feel? Tannins. That is correct, Danny. Well done. Well done. Oh, oh my God. Getting a sip of tannins is rough. Yeah, it is tannins. I mean, just the right amount of tannins is nice. It is nice. I like an oak moment. Yeah. But when you go overboard... Come on. It's like you're like, is there, <laughs> did I break, did I break the doing? cork in what here? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sarah, this is the last question. And the stakes are high, Sarah. You have no <laughs> points right now. <laughs> <laughs> if a champagne is sec, S-E-C, what does that mean? Oh, dry. That is correct, Boom, Sarah. French major. Well Let's go. done. You <laughs> were yeah. on the board. However, it was not quite enough as Danny is the winner of this week's My Way or Sideways. (laughs) (laughs) And the gift is, Sarah, you can now watch Sideways the movie. I feel like I should. I'll add it to my list. The way we were and Sideways. (laughs) Yes. Good good Halloween flex. Yes. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you, Jorge. That was so fun. No problem. We got to have some wine and. Talk about these answers. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you all, as always, for listening. Make sure to, of course, we say it every time, but it always works. So we keep on saying it to join the Facebook group, not another true crime group. Yes, and just put something about the podcast in your answer. Somebody put that they want to be friends with us. I'm like, thank you. We're best friends, by the way. Yes. (laughs) 
drinking wine with you soon. Yes, so do that. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Not Another True Crime. We post memes, I post trivia, I make typos. It's a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> and you can also follow Sarah on her personal Instagram, Sarah the Meme. You can and follow Danny at Cashmere Danny with a K. And we'll see you next week. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales Pico and Sean Kilby. Our hosts are Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at NATC Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to NATC at Betches.com. Betches.